This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where certain things are fixed, the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. What's cracking, beer lovers? What up? We are finna talk about egalitarianism. Yeah, hence the title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we always I still have to introduce the topic. No, it, but I do think it's funny... Just because of the nature of how we choose to do our podcast, this yeah. is like a chill conversation. Um, it is weird because it's like they kind of know what it's about from the title, but like we have to do it. And so it feels like double dipping at times. It only feels like double dipping if you point it out. True. True <laughs> that. Yeah, true that. Uh, whatever. All right, Clayton, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> So I'm drinking something that I've seen at H-E-B for, for months now. Um, H-E-B, sponsor us for our <laughs> beer. <laughs> hey, St. Arnold, yeah, you too. All of you. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I've seen it at H-E-B for months now uh, on their singles aisle. Yeah. And uh, just slowly and slowly what was up there just kept disappearing. Yeah. And this was the last one. And I was like, well, if I want to try it, I better try it now. Yeah. Um, cause I don't know if they're going to be able to get it in again. Like, yeah. cause it's a craft, right? Right. The, and lots of times those singles do change. If they yeah. get it one time, doesn't mean they're going to get it again. Exactly. It depends on how fast they sell. Yep. The East brother beer company. So, um, I think that is the brewer is East brother. Beer company. And then the name of the beer is the bow pills. Bow, like B-O or B-O. boat? B-O, as in Bo Bennett. Well, that's B-E-A-A. No, B-E-A-U, yeah. But no, Bo. Bo for Mo, okay. Bo. <laughs> All right. Bo Pills, so I'm assuming it's a Pilsner. Uh, uh, yeah, that would make the most That would make sense. Yeah. sense. If not, their branding is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it's a Pilsner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're from Cali. Uh, okay, I get down with Cali West Coast beers. style yeah. beers. Yeah, uh, 5% ABV. It's going to have more flavor than normal pills. Oh, yeah. On West Coast, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, It's definitely going to. And clearly, for you two people, it is a pint. Um, and it's a bohemian style okay. with noble hops. Oh, hence the bow. Yeah. With what hops? Noble? Noble. Yeah, that's going to be a good beer. Um and what's the ABV on it? And how much five. did it, five? And how much did it cost you? The tag is on it. Yeah, but the price isn't on the tag. Oh, is it not? No, they used um, to be. I think it was like two ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, three fifty seven retail. Yeah, that's not on here. Let me see. Huh? Weird. Hmm. Well, mine cost three fifty seven retail. <laughs> yeah, his was more expensive than mine. Yeah, so this is um, from Lone Pint Brewery. I just saw this because it said it's called the Yellow Rose Smash IPA. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was from Yellow Rose Brewery. So, so, so it's th- not. So that's actually a thing that people don't understand. Uh, Lone Pint makes the Yellow Rose. What you know of as the Yellow Rose is done by Lone Pint. This is just a different um, expression of the Yellow Rose. You're right. Yes, because it's in Magnolia, Texas. You are right. Okay. 
All right. You learn something new every day, folks. Yeah. That's that's what this when means. it comes to booze, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. On this podcast, you know the theology. I got the booze. It's fine. Well, at you time, also know beer. Yeah. At times. You also know beer. Yeah. I I but I know IPAs. That's it. I'm I'm very one dimensional. <laughs> you are also very I'm very one dimensional when it comes to beer. But six point eight percent alcohol by volume. Brewed in Magnolia, Texas, which is just north, uh, do my math, northwest of downtown Houston. It says that it's got a chalk white head with a very clean malt backbone. The hops impart pleasant grapefruit, pineapple, and blueberry. Yeah. So one of my favorite beer gardens to go to, other than St. Arnold's. Um, shout. Shout, shout out. Um, is Axelrad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good spot. They don't have this expression. Okay. Um, but they have one similar. Or sometimes they have one similar. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Fantastic. Yeah, I know. I know. They're doing... They're they're making a funny. They're making a funny. So They're making a funny. YouTube people, what I just showed Clayton is, as we always talk about on here... Hops is a cousin to cannabis, and so on the top side of the beer cap is... They have a cannabis plant. A cannabis flower plant, yep. And uh, it's fine. It's funny. It's, it's funny. It's funny. It's a joke. If you know... So, uh, beer lovers, here's a great joke for you. If you ever meet someone anywhere, and you see them drinking IPA, or if beer comes up, and they're like, oh, yeah, I drink IPA. I'm an IPA person, yeah. Your number one next question should be, oh, do you smoke weed too? (laughs) So I also do it the other way. If I find out that people smoke weed, smoke weed and don't like IPAs. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Like, really? You don't like IPAs? Even though you're a pothead? Like, (laughs) I'm going to open a whole world for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much comedy there. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's it, there's like, so it's, much it's, comedy. It's there. humor, and you get people. I legit a man that I've looked up to my entire life. I told I, I never would have dreamed that this man would have ever used drugs, and so I didn't even like. I didn't even bring it up. I was just like, "Hey, man, you know, hops and cannabis are cousins. So like, lots of times if you smoke weed, you like IPAs. It's like eighty percent crossover, something like that." And he goes. That explains a lot. And I went, what? What did he say? I was like, oh my gosh. We need to talk about that. I need to know who this person is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a man I've looked up to my entire life. I need to learn yeah. who this person is. Yeah, we'll talk um, off camera. You know yeah. him. I'm sure I do. Yeah, we'll talk off camera. Anyways, um, so let's get into these. Cheers. Cheers, man. Mm. It's really good. That's interesting. I was shocked that they use Pilsner malt in their in yeah. their IPA. It's good though, isn't it? It is good. It works. It just I was shocked. Yeah, so this is not a Miller High Life. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is also a Pils. Yeah, it is also a Pilsner. It is very different. It it I mean, like we said, yeah, you no. Know, the the West Coast beer yeah. scene is just different. It's just yeah. better in lots of ways. Yep. Yeah. And 
their Pilsners and their IPAs both actually hit a different mark, right? They're just doing something different there. And that is embodied here in this beer. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Love it. I'm very pleased with mine. It's a very good IPA. And I actually like the Pilsner malt in it. Yeah, it works. I don't typically... Yeah, go ahead. I don't typically... Typically in IPA, I want a bigger bodied, like higher level bond malt. So you, but, got, you ever been to a concert and you're just like, yes, you know, and yep. for, for our listeners, I don't need to say anymore. You know what I'm very similar smell. It, it has a, it has a stench about it. Very, very similar smell. Yep. Very well balanced though. It is. It's very good. well balanced. I'm very pleased. All right, let's talk about the latest. Let's do it. Um, I'm unplug my, my my shown. You're shown. Yeah, that's that's how my daughter says phone. Or used shown. to. She doesn't she used anymore. To, yeah. But when she was younger, she's growing up too fast. Hey KK, can I have your shown? Your shown. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the ladies. The ladies. So, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, I haven't done it yet. We're recording it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to title this episode, What is Egalitarianism? Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it and what it is. And I'm going to make a unique argument here that I haven't heard anyone else make. Now, I also haven't read every piece of literature on Egalitarianism. egalitarianism or complementarianism. But my unique contribution is that I think all of this stems over which creation story you read. Because if you read Genesis 1, you have no narrative for complementarianism. If you read Genesis 2, you have no narrative for egalitarianism. Egalitarianism. Now, when you fill in the rest of the story... You have bigger, larger arguments. Yeah, you can argue for either side because there's more pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. But... It definitely must stem from which reading of these two that you prefer. There's no way around that. And, and like you said, that, that is original to you, and I'd never heard that before. But you, we were talking about it last week. Um, I don't know if we were recording when we were talking about it or we were talking about it off camera, but I started thinking about that, and I've thought about that all week. Like, honestly, I've thought about it all week, and that makes so much sense. Well, yes, it makes so much sense. Because you read those two narratives, and in my view, they're clearly different narratives. Yeah. They're not the same thing. Yeah. And, like, which one you choose to read definitely impacts how you view this conversation. And this is what I was saying is, I don't think that a lot of times we really think about the theological implications of the doctrines we choose to make. Yeah. Which this is one of the examples. And, and you know, it's crazy. I'm not ever hearing heard that, right? Um, not ever hearing heard that. <laughs> not having ever heard that. Um, I've always kind of leaned more towards Genesis 1. Mm, yeah. Just naturally. And here I am, an egalitarian. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. Because first, 
Probably. And at a very young age, maybe you understood that, hey, something here isn't right. Like, these are not the same story. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's just subconsciously, I've always leaned more towards Genesis 1. It, it's interesting. What I find is that people choose Genesis 1 over Genesis 2 for a myriad of different reasons. Yeah. It's detail-oriented people that choose Genesis 2 over Genesis 1. Because it tells a bigger story. Well, it tells a more detailed story specifically yeah. about creation yeah. of man. Of humanity, yeah. But when you put them side by side, the things don't line up. Mm-mm. And we're not here to talk about that. That's no, a conversation that's a for another day. We need to talk about creationism and, and those sorts of things on here. Well, we did a series on creationism. Did we? Creation, maybe? I don't know. Did we? I'm pretty sure we did. It was like one of the first ones we did after the creeds. Or maybe we did science and Christianity. I thought I that remember, was on Let's Talk. I don't know. We'll have to go back to the We're going to have to look at our, yeah. yeah. So, what is egalitarianism? Egalitarianism is the idea that men and women are equal. Yep. And... Inevitably, somebody is going to go in the comments on one of our platforms and go, men and women are not equal. Men have more strength than women. Well, yeah. The women are the weaker vessel. Yeah, you know what? I know a lot of men that are weaker than me, and I know a lot of men that are stronger than me. All right, chill out your toxicity. It's fine. Yeah, there's variables in strength in everything. Yes. Yeah. Like, who cares? No one cares. This is the same argument from First Timothy 2. Like, this is garbage. That's not a good argument. It's not. Just because they're stronger, some of them are, but I know there's a lot of women that are stronger than a lot of men. I guarantee you, if I stepped in a ring with Ronda Rousey, she'd kick my butt. Well, back in the day. Maybe well, not now. I don't know. I don't she know. Still Even might. now, dude. She's still like, might. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm What was that? What was, the, what was the hip female uh mma uh artist MMA before artist. or mma fighter, fighter before ronda gina serrano uh, that was a bad woman whew. that was a bad woman so yeah like i like that whole argument about women being weaker or whatever like it's just I, so invalid i don't care there are so lots invalid. of there are lots of women that are stronger than lots of men, and there are lots of men, obviously, who are weaker than lots of women. Let, let me tell you, I've been hit by some women, and it don't feel good. Have let you been me hit you. by women? I've been like... Playfully? Like, like, not playfully, but like, uh, yes, in a way playfully, but like they're trying to oh, show. Like, but like in the arm. Yeah, like they'll hit not me like in the arm. Not like in the face. Uh, well, I have been slapped before. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. We'll have to talk about it's that on different. camera. Yeah, that's very different. But anyways, so yeah, I just don't, like that whole thing, like egalitarianism is the conversation about equality between men and women. It's gender equality. Yeah. And true in the Christian sense, when we use this word egalitarianism, we mean equality. Yeah. We don't mean equity. No, very different things. When I talk about it, I mean equity. Yep. I understand. This is why we talk about it all the time. I understand that there are enough churches out there that will give men jobs that won't give women jobs. Yep. So I've taken, as the pastor of Wallace Church, a 
position of equity in that it is my goal to have more than half of our staff be female. And you know what? Before, I'm sorry. Is there a way for me to say this nicely? Um, before the males out there get all bent out of shape, like, but what about the guys that are right for the job? That's fine. They might find a job somewhere else. <laughs> like, they have way more chances to find a job somewhere else. Yep. Than the women that want to work in the church. Yep. Would here. So, yep. that would be my rebuttal. Because so, inevitably there is going to be one person that's like, well, but what, Yeah. Right, like. So, me, I mean equity when I talk about it. Yeah. But. In broad spectrum, broad strokes, that's not the conversation we're at. We're having a conversation of equality. Yeah, one-to-one comparison. And so, obviously, you know that's where I'm at because I spent the last three weeks refuting these other texts that people use to oppress women. But for me to kind of structure this conversation around egalitarianism and this conversation around complementarianism, we're going to look through the lens of Genesis 1 and 2. But I'm going to skip like all the other creation parts. I'm just going to go to the part that matters for this conversation. this conversation, yeah. So this is Genesis 1, verse 26, reading from the NRSV. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image. Now, I like it better when they say humanity, mm. um, but I mean they're choosing to do humankind the, here. It's fine. The original Greek or the original Hebrew was a, the Adam, right? So yeah, so it's man. It's man in the most truest sense. Right, but we know from the narrative he doesn't mean Strictly gender specific man. man. Yeah, so they've changed it to humankind. Right. I just wanted to point that out. Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Okay. Pause. A lot there I want to cover. Side note. Notice. This is just me dropping a nugget here that I'm probably never going to talk about again just for our listeners to chew on because that's what I do. Notice it didn't say, it said dominion over, but it didn't say they could eat them. Oh, Clayton's biting his tongue. Uh, Not because I disagree, but because that's a conversation for a different different time. But if you're looking, listener, the first time anyone's given permission to eat meat, it's Noah. Mm -hmm. Go look, beginning in, I think it's chapter 7, that he's actually told. Maybe chapter 9. In the original... They're only told to eat fruit and vegetables. Yes. And so, yeah, just know that. Never going to talk about it again. That's not true. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. That, speciesism is something we should talk about on some one of our podcasts. Well, that, well, I don't know. Maybe not, but maybe so. Notice, in our image, in our likeness. Mm-hmm. All right. This is where, so my friend Andrew Barrett got on to me about our conversation on the bible it's fine he I'm sorry andrew no 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 it, like, no it's fine he he had some really good critiques yeah and so like to his point i want to go ahead because 
he did make some critiques and it was very clear that I did not communicate my position well in my heatedness about the authority of scripture. Do I read this narratively? Absolutely. But it's also scripture. And the reason I can confidently say it's scripture is because whether Moses wrote Genesis or not, parentheses, parentheticals, he did not. Whoever wrote Genesis, they also wrote Deuteronomy. Yes. They wrote the Shema. Yep. One God. Yep. Who the hell is our? Uh, the Trinity. This book is definitely divinely inspired. Oh, 100%. Because there's no way they would have ever written our yeah. if not inspired. Oh, 100%. This should still be read, read as scripture. Absolutely. Like it if should. If we did be, not it, make that position clear, I, I feel like we really tried to make sure we. But I guess we didn't. Having went back and edited all of them by this point, we didn't we do didn't. a good job. Of, Andrew uh, of the is authority. What? Well, no, well, no, no. We did a good job of authority, but specifically of it being scripture, mm. and that reading scripture is different than reading a novel. It's a fair, fair enough. It's a fair that, critique. That is very fair. So I wanted to point that out and bring that up. Here's how I know that this is scripture. Because this is not a contradiction. Yeah. As much as it seems like or it maybe feels, feels like, it, like yeah. it is not. This is where scripture and church tradition work together. Absolutely. Because the Bible actually doesn't detail out the Trinity for us very well. Yeah. It's there in hints. Sure. Oddly enough, it's really there in Isaiah. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But in Isaiah, it, it really shows up. But anyways, so let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and give the dominion over all this. Yeah. So clearly, God's like talking to himself here. Or to the other members. To the other the persons. Yeah, he's talking He's talking amongst the Trinity. And so verse 27 says, So God created humankind. Yep. In his image. Yep. Notice, we're on day six. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, six. This, this has not been said yet. In his image. <clears throat> That's unique to humankind. Nowhere else has that been brought up. Mm. The image of God is a uniquely human thing. It is separated from everything else. So you want to talk about speciesism? That's a part of that conversation. It is a part of that conversation, for sure. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, this doesn't say, it says male and female, he created them. It doesn't say that he made Adam first and then Eve. We actually don't get their names or anything like that. So, if you were going to lean, or if you were going to do something with this and try to homogenize these, you would say that Genesis 2 isn't like expounding of Genesis 1 here in this story. Yeah. The problem with that is, if you go to Genesis 2, this is how it begins. 
Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth. Then the Lord God formed man. The problem here is there's no plant of the field yet on the earth. And then God made man. So In Genesis 1, that's not the case. God put vegetation on the ground before he made man. Mm. That's why I say they're two different stories. Yeah. It's not a problem. No. Like, it's not. Just Ultimately, own that's it not a problem. And take it for what it is. They're two different stories telling two very different things, and yep. that's okay. Don't yep. try to homogenize them and just pass over the fact that it's clearly telling you they're not the same. Yeah. That's my position. This is an overview. Yeah. There are there are other people that would say, no, they're absolutely a homogenization. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mine, not at all. Yeah. It's hard to get there. So he says, he created them male and female. So God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish. And Notice the emphasis that Cullen read them. <laughs> them. Both of them. and that Both is, of them. That is original language there, too. Yeah, like that's it, not- it is them. In Genesis 2, we never get a record of God ever speaking to Eve. Yeah. About what she can and can't do. Yeah. Just doesn't show up. Here, God told them. Yeah. And notice, we'll talk about it next week when we do Genesis 2, but like the conversation here that God tells them is very different than mm-hmm. the conversation he tells Adam in Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. Very different. God tells them here to be fruitful and multiply. God tells them there, don't sin. Yep. One's a commission, one's an omission. Don't do versus do. Yeah. And God is speaking to both of them. Yeah. God blessed them. Don't miss that. Like, they are both made in the image of God. Why do people not understand complementarian positions? Because complementarians say men and women are equal. They just can't do equal things. Why? If they're both equal, I, I don't understand the qualm, right? That's the whole thing. Complementarians try to say they're equal, but they just can't hold the same offices or do the same things. And it's like, why not? That makes zero sense to me. If they're both made in the image of God and they're both, and they both have the Holy Spirit embodied within them, why? So, do you think that that would translate over um, into how we vote in politicians? It should. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I mean, just for complementarians, right? Like, do you think oh. that that would be that would translate over? 
Yes. You do? I know a woman who is a complementarian. Blows my mind. A woman... I, I've known quite a few. Who actually. is a complementarian. A dated Who, one. when I asked if this was back when Hillary Clinton was running against... Trump. Donald Trump. I asked her if she was going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Her response was not no. But hell no. Nope. No. Her response was, I ain't voting for no woman. It wasn't about her policies. It wasn't about anything she stood for. It wasn't about her being a Democrat. It was about her genitalia. Her gender was the defining line for this Yeah, woman. see, okay. I have, I, I'm going to be honest here. I have my, my qualms with Hillary, right? Like, um, Lots of people do. Yeah, but it wasn't her gender. Um, and let me, let me say... It was very... I have known quite a few complementarians in my life. Dated one. It was very... Dude or a woman? <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help myself. Moving on. Sorry. I'm, I, I can't respond to that on this no, podcast. Like can't. I, I can't. There's no way for me to you respond can't. to that. Um, you walked into that one, though. There's yes, n- I'm also in the eighth grade, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit, never mind. I can't say anything. Dang My it. jokes are a little juvenile at times. It's um, okay. Anyways, uh, it was very interesting to be in a relationship with a female um, that had a complementarian view when I was egalitarian. Yeah. Isn't it strange? Yeah. Um, because she had a very you lead me kind of view. Yeah. And I was like, but no, I want your equal input. Yeah, nope. Right? Nope. Um, so it creates a very weird social kind of siloing. Yeah. Um, between the complementarians and the egalitarians. This is definitely one of those things, since you brought it up, the like, yeah. this is a conversation about being unequally yoked. Oh, absolutely. Like, because that, that could be deal breaker problems. Because like, I know yes. me, I didn't make any decisions without Hunter. Like, yeah. If you're married, this is, this is a partnership. We're doing this crazy thing we do life together. Yeah. Right. We're we're on the same road. We're doing this together. I'm not making any decision. When we when we hired a realtor to sell our house, we met with several realtors. And the final one, I was trying to kick her out of the house. Um, and it's actually the one we ended up going with. But I was like, All right, well, I'll call you if we want to hire you. And she goes, What would it take for you to hire me today? Like before I leave? And I was like, Nothing. I got to talk to my wife. Literally nothing. I'm not making a decision yeah. without talking to my wife. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there's literally nothing you can do to make me hire you today. Yeah. I don't make any decisions without and my wife. And it's not that, like, Hunter was cracking a whip, right? No, it's just... It's a partnership. Yeah, it's my courtesy to her that I don't do that, and it was her courtesy to me that she didn't make decisions without me. It, it's a partnership. Yeah. It, and that's the thing that I, I think that a lot of people misunderstand about the egalitarian view is it doesn't mean we're all just willy-nilly and 
you know, no. men don't make decisions, right? Because a lot of times that's what people chalk it up to. Like, you're weak. <laughs> it, And it's so infuriating, isn't it? It's so infuriating. It's toxic masculinity. It is toxic masculinity. That's exactly what it is. And I will call that out straight up. It is toxic masculinity. And our our parents, our mom and dad... They have been doing egalitarianism for our entire lives. I don't know. They in their marriage for sure. In their marriage, absolutely. In their marriage for sure. Theologically, I don't know if dad was there all along. Dad wasn't there, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah. He's there now. Oh, right? yeah, he's sure, definitely sure. there now. But yeah. like he wasn't there twenty years ago. Yeah, maybe that, not. That's what right? I was like, trying to figure out. I don't but think he was there twenty years all ago. All along along the way, eventually they got to a place where they were like, No, our family is healthier when, when we have partners. equal say. Yeah. Right? If mom is not cool with a, a certain financial decision, right? Remember, remember all those years ago that I say all those years ago, two or three years ago, where Dad was wanting to take like ten grand and put it in the stock market and just play with. Vaguely, Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely. And Mom that. was like, "I'm not comfortable." Yeah, he never did it. Yeah, crazy enough though, he told me how much money he would have made had he done what he yeah, wanted. Well, to do he would have made a lot it, of money, and he would have made a lot of money. Well, because he wanted to invest in Tesla back when it was still like a hundred dollars a share. Yeah, he did. Now it's like eight hundred dollars a share. Yeah, and fixing a split and all kinds of stuff. But that wasn't the only thing he wanted to do. He had some other stocks picked right. out that he w- yeah. would have made quite a bit of money on. But yeah, he didn't do it, and because she didn't feel she didn't feel safe, comfortable, she didn't feel comfortable with it, and. And that's how it should work. That is how it should work. It's not that she trumped him. No. It's, it's sh- that they together collectively decided not to do something. Because there were... there. So what did that... I'm not going to name names here. Mm-hmm. There is a pastor of our home church when we were kids. Mm-hmm. The first one or the second one? Uh, the like second when, one. Okay. Second one. Uh, well, third one, technically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the one for your late yes, elementary. Yeah. Yes. Um, the pastor of that church used to always say, because they were a, a congregation-led church, mm-hmm. um, that if... They weren't actually, but they thought they were. They thought they, thought they were. Yeah. If, if in a business meeting, um, even if the vote came out 60-40, the pastor would walk away from it. You remember? <laughs> Lots of times he would. Because that wasn't always a rule. Yeah, it was not an absolute, but yes. Lots of times he would because he's like, it's not worth the controversy. Yep, that is true. He was very good about that. It was only a a large majority that he would let walk. Like 80 to 90%. Um. Most of the time, that was definitely the case. Yeah. He was very good about monitoring the partnership and investment from both sides of any vote. And he was not the one that told me this, but I had a pastor friend tell me one time that you should never walk into a vote not knowing how it's going to come out. Yep. And Mm. I think that pastor did that. He never told me that, but But he did. But he did that. And that, in a way, I think 
in this conversation does help with how a man and a wife or a husband and a wife should should conduct themselves in a way. Which right? is really interesting you bring him up because they were full complimentary. Oh, full complimentary. Absolutely. But um hundred percent complementarians. But when you bring that conversation into the context of the relationship between a man and a woman, um, you need to talk about these things so it's not like you walk into a meeting or into a vote not knowing how it's going to work out because you should still talk about that as a couple. Yep. But if there is any controversy at all, maybe it's okay to walk away from it. Yep. I think so, and here's here's what I say. I let me think about how I want to say it. Well, somehow this conversation got under the conversation of marriage. It did, so, but. I mean, which is true because the it's complementarian the and egalitarian conversation ventures over into marriage for sure. Yeah. But Ephesians 5 is the one that everybody points to because it's yeah. words about submission, right? Yeah. I'm going to just pull it up and walk through it real quick. And I will tell you, this is my text for every single wedding I have ever performed. Every yep. single wedding, well house people, if you want me to marry you, more than likely I will do it. Mm. Um, he did a wedding like five months ago, read this text. But I will use this text in your wedding, yep. hands down. Because, once again, the text says... Ephesians 5, 21, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then wives be subject to your husbands. Interesting thing, though, you go to the ESV, verse 21 is not under the same subheading. Mm. It starts with verse 22, the Christian household code. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing, in Greek, the verb is only in 21. Mm. How you gonna put that not in the same section? Yeah, when you're stealing the verb. Yeah, from that verse. Literally, what what that's saying. You have to take the be subject to one another. Yes, right? be subject to one another is the introduction then, to the text. And then wives submit to your husbands. Yes. Right. It's just further clarification. Yes. Like you submit to one another yes you are a partnership you are in this one-to-one the man does not have any more power or control authority he, office position nothing he might have in in lots of cases he might have physical control but let me tell you if he is exerting physical control and power that is a toxic that that's a toxic man, and things need to be done about that. For sure, I think for me, the thing that persists through this 
is we can get caught up in the Greek and the Hebrew yeah. and the, the letters and the context and the culture and all this kind of stuff. But here's ultimately what I know. God created the world. In the world, there are men and women whom God chooses to love both of unconditionally. When Jesus... For the same purpose. When Jesus died, he died for the sins of the world, men, women, gender fluid, you name it, all of them. And... The gospel doesn't have gender specifics, so we shouldn't either.